Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Is there anybody to tell me to praise God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, let us offer to him the sacrifice of our praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. For in all things give thanks. So if they are praising God and say you are praising and you are looking like statue, I don't know what's your issue. But for me, I am grateful. I don't know about you. I don't know about your issues. I don't know about your mood swing. But one thing I do know is that God is good and his mercy endureth forevermore. I thanked him this morning like I always do. And I made him know, Father, if not for you, if not for you, I wouldn't even be here in the first place. So I don't know about you, but I know his goodness. Lift your hands and come on, give him thanks. Come on, give him thanks. Oh, blessed be your holy name. There's this song I, I was singing. I was just trying to remember the rhymes, but I, finally I caught up with it. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Let's do that one more time, everybody. Oh, how I love Jesus and oh how I love Jesus oh and now I love Jesus because he first loved me let me say this before I begin to preach Listen, we may not be perfect in demonstrating our love for God, but He's always perfect in loving us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is always perfect in loving us. God is always perfect in being God to me and to you. That's why it's the unshakable foundation, the rock and the refuge upon which we stand. When you think of all the goodness of God, we, we entered the remaining of the second part of the year, rather, yesterday, 1st of July. You are standing here, you are strong. You are not in the hospital. It's not because you are better than anybody in the hospital. You're not smarter either. You're not, you're not. You, you are not having the best of time because you think you are very good. It is the mercy of God it is because of his mercy that we are not consumed. When we remember his love, we cannot but help to say, Oh, 
How I love Jesus. Come on, say it. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. When you remember your mistakes, where you remember the things you, you got wrong. Where you remembered when you didn't act as you were supposed to act. But yet, in spite of your shortcoming, the goodness of God never stopped manifesting in your life. We cannot help by saying, come on everybody. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, Beloved Father, we say thank you. We're grateful for the remaining half of the year. You've taken us from January to June. <laughs> Father, we will not take for granted your goodness towards our life and in our life. We will not be like the nine nippers who did not think it worthy enough to come and return the glory. I'd like everybody to lift up their two hands. Precious Father, we lift up our hands to you to return to you the glory for the first six months of this year. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your perfect love towards us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you because you're always there. You are always there. You will, you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've been our helper all round and all the way from January till December. Father, we say thank you in Jesus' name. We return the glory and the credit back to you. And Father, as we stand here this morning, we ask that you speak to us. Open the eyes of our understanding. Let your word be living to each and every one of us. Let our minds be renewed. Let yokes be destroyed. And let burdens be lifted up. And let Jesus be glorified. And everybody shout a living amen. Hallelujah. You're blessed. Please have your seat. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Um, for a while, we've been looking at opportunities that God has provided for the believer to serve him in the house of God. We've looked at four areas. And I'd like you to make sure you take time to go over your note. Can you increase the volume a bit for this? Hallelujah. Okay. Um, praise the name of the Lord. I want us to take time to meditate on those things. Those are expectations that God have from every one of us. No, no, just shift it a bit. Don't worry. 
Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Today I'm going to introduce you to the fifth and final platform that has been given to us to serve God. I've told you that serving God begins where? In the house of God. Where does serving God begins? Where does serving God begins? So, so when it comes to service, one of the ways you will interpret and judge that you're truly serving God is if you are active in service in God's house. It is more than just going to church. The traditional mentality that we have about going to church is waking up on Sundays and Wednesdays and Friday, we'll come for Sunday service, we'll come for Bible study teaching, that's if you're around, and we'll come for prayer meeting if you're still around. And we think that's what going to church is all about. No, you don't get it. Being part of an assembly is much more than just attending the meeting. Being part of an assembly is being part of a group of people who are serving the purposes of God in that assembly. Which means that you are not just going there, you are planted and connected by serving. And you're serving God with whatever giftings and capacity of grace that God has given to you. It is part of your faith in Christ to be active in service. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's part of your faith in Christ to be what? Active in service. So I pray you go and meditate on all the points and make sure you allow the Holy Spirit to give you revelation so you can step up on your service to God. When you're still struggling in an area, it's because you've not had light. You've been hearing it, but you are yet to have light. You are yet to have understanding. Once the understanding dawns on you, the grace to function will be released in your life. That's why following God is a relational thing. It's not a religious ritual. It's a relational connection between you and him. Say amen. amen. Same. I hope you guys did a testing on my microphone so that we don't need to be doing all this. All right. The fifth opportunity provided for us to serve in the house of God is the opportunity to serve the great commission. Everybody say the great commission. I didn't hear everybody. I did not hear everybody. Everybody said the great commission. What is the great commission? Turn your Bible to the book of Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. What is the Great Commission? Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read verses 19 to verse 20. Matthew 28, verse 19 to verse 20. Somebody say hallelujah. The Bible declares, go ye. Now, remember, let me just give you a little background quickly. Jesus had risen from the dead. The disciples at this moment had seen him. He had appeared to them and they've confirmed, they held him because he told them, hold me. So that this, don't you think you're seeing an apparition or a ghost? 
touch me. Thomas, who was a doubter, Jesus gave him the opportunity to touch him at the sides where he was injured. So they knew Jesus was alive. Jesus was alive. And, he, and the Bible said he was with them 40 days before he ascended. He was seen by about 500 disciples. You will see this account in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the last set of people he saw before he ascended was his disciples. And he spoke to them and gave them this. The word commission means instruction. He gave them this instruction before he ascended to heaven. Verse 19, he says, Go ye, therefore, and do what? And teach all nations. Everybody say, teach all nations. Say it louder. Is, now, please hear this. When Jesus said this, he wasn't just talking to the disciples. He was talking to the church. He was Even though you were not physically there, you were there in the spirit. Say amen. So this instruction was to you and me. He said, go ye and teach all nations. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the word teach all nations in the Bible literally means go and make disciples. Everybody say, go and make disciples. I'm not hearing you. Come on, come on, come on. One more time, louder. All right. When he says, go teach all nations, the word teach in the Greek means go and make disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are followers of him. And for disciples to be made, first of all, they must be born again. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They must be born again. And after they are born again, they have to be taught the principles of the kingdom so they can follow him. So Jesus was summarizing the conclusion of his ministry while he was here. And he said to them, go ye and teach all nations or go and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16 says, go ye into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. It's the same thing. And how, will, how are we to make disciples? We are to go forth and preach the gospel. So what is the message of the commission? Everybody say, the gospel. I need you to say it six times. One. Why the gospel? Romans 1.16. Why the gospel? I'm not going to teach that. If we had a Bible study uh, we're still going to go back to that teaching because we're not done with it yet. All right? How are we going to make disciples of all nations? Everybody say, through the gospel. Through the gospel. Why the gospel? The gospel is the message of the Great Commission. The Great Commission is go ye and make disciples of all nations. Is that not so? What is the great commission? Go ye and make disciples of all nations. What is the great commission? Go ye and make disciples of all nations. What is the great commission? Go ye and make disciples of 
So that means the most important thing in life is to be a disciple of Christ. You hear what I said? I don't think you get it. Everybody look at me. I said the most important thing in life is to be what? Can you say it louder? What is the most important thing in life? I didn't hear everybody. Everybody stand up. It's like this rain is affecting you. Stand up. What is the most important thing in life? I want you to I want you to say that. What is the most important thing in life? Listen. He said, "Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations." That means the most important thing in every nation of the world is to be what? A disciple of Christ. But that's not what we see today. Because even some of you that are sitting here, your biggest expectation and dream is to be a doctor. I did engineering. I used to be, I'm not really an engineer. I was trained as an engineer. Because your profession is not who you are. Your profession is what you are trained to do. So you're technically not a doctor. You've been trained in medical practice. But you see, the, the, the lack of clarity has made us define ourselves by what we do. And the truth of God's word is returning us back to the place of order and clarity. Until you embrace what Jesus said, you will never have peace in your mind. Because you're trying to run with what he has not said. The mandate is go and make disciples of all nations. And who are disciples? Jesus told us in John 8, verse 31 and 32. He said, if you, what? Continue. Huh? If you continue in my word, then are you what? If you continue in my word, then are you what? Then in verse 32, what will happen as a result? You will, come on, by now. What is in verse 32? And you shall know. So members don't even know that one. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That, that, that scripture should be like your backhand for you. So that means disciples are people who are word practitioners. They are lovers of the word, and because they are lovers of the word, they will gain insight to truth that will make them free. Listen, every man outside Christ is bound. Did you hear what I said? The most richest man according to human standard today, by the standard of the kingdom, is bound. Is spiritually a child of Satan. Did you hear what I said? Oh, did you hear what I said? Do you know what clears people's eyes? of the vanities and the deception of riches is when the person finally dies. That's when I go clear. There were people all through history who have tried to beat death. There was a particular emperor who was making research in the ancient time during the Egyptian era, was trying to see how to beat death. So they did a lot of research on how he was going to extend and elongate his life. Unfortunately, one of the research was what killed him. 
He was very powerful. He was very wealthy. He was very influential. The whole region and the whole world feared him, but death put him down. So some, them, some of you are sitting here, you think the best thing in life is marriage. You think the best thing in life is to have a good job. The reason you are sad is because you have not paid your rent, your student's school fees, or because, you know, um, uh, some things that you expect by now should not have happened. That, that you are confusing benefit for the reason for your existence. The reason God called you to himself is to be a follower of him. That's why the greatest honor on earth is to be a disciple. Did you hear what I said? I didn't, I, did you hear what I said? The greatest honor on earth is to be a disciple of Christ. And that's what Jesus said. I came to make it possible. Now that I've done it, you guys go to the world and make disciples. I have given you the ability to make disciples, and it's through the message of the gospel. Let's read that before we sit. Want to go? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Hold on, hold on. I am not ashamed. That means I'm bold. Why will he say I am not ashamed? Because he understood that the power of the gospel is what makes men disciples. What is called the gospel of Christ. The word gospel simply means good news of Christ. Who Christ is and what he has done. For it is what? What is the gospel? How many of you are looking for the power of God or wondering what the power of God is? Where is it? The power of God is in a message. You see, because we don't believe it. We think the power of God is just something, you know, some of those special effects they do in movies. The power of God is a message because everything about God is words. The word of God is quick and powerful. The power of God is the gospel of Christ. So when you know the gospel, you are knowing the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation that is delivered or secured or received through everyone that believes. To the Jews first, because it came through the Jewish ancestry, and also to the Greek. In other words, even as many as that will dare to believe. Please have your seat. Hear me. The great commission is to go and do what? Make disciples. And how are we to make disciples? We are to preach the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done. And if you're coming for Bible study, I told you that the pillars of the gospel is the birth, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15. Those are the pillars. That's why the gospel is good news. Because nobody died and rose from the dead. Did you hear what I said? When, when the disciples saw Christ, the death meant nothing to them. Because if their master that they saw died, rose from the dead, which meant everything he said about himself is true. If he had not risen from the dead, Jesus could have been considered as one of those great influential teachers. Remember the one Gamaliel told us of two guys who came? They were very influential. You know, people can get carried away with charisma, 
you know, it was one of these nice guys, you know, that just came and was just doing some magical things and making sick people heal, raising dead people and all that. But, but he finally died. And we have his grave, so and so. But there's only one grave that is empty today. It's the grave of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Telling you that everything he said, his resurrection puts the authentication in his message. Are you paying attention? I said his resurrection puts the authentication on his message. Because when he rose from the dead, it meant that the gospel is true and it's real. And it's only the gospel. And people need to hear. For people to believe, they have to hear the gospel. So the greatest honor on earth is to be a disciple of Christ. I know some of us are not excited. Say, who is I'm a disciple of Christ? I follow him. I'm a servant of Christ. That's the greatest honor on earth. But today people regard you by your title, your, your status, the word they call you, that, those are the things people are looking for. So some people will go and get degrees upon degrees, certification upon certification. There's nothing wrong in getting that. But if you think your value will come from that, you are, you are deceived. Because nothing in this natural earth outside Christ can give you joy. Nothing can give, listen, you will think it's money that is your problem. Maybe one day, by the, depending on God's grace, you will come in contact with some big money and you will find that that money doesn't give peace. If it does, some of the politicians you see in our country will not be miserable. Somebody say, thank you for Jesus. Say, thank God for Jesus. So that is the Great Commission, and the Great Commission, uh, the message of the Great Commission is what? The gospel. Now, the local church, or what you call the church, the body of Christ, the local assembly, where we are gathered together, will exist primarily to carry out this commission. The reason for the church is to obey the Great Commission. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? The reason for church is not baby dedication, is not marriage, is not youth fellowship, is not all those picnic you do. All those are just addendums. The essence of the church, the existence of the church, yes, there's a social expression, but, but sometimes people can be more attached to the social expression that the, than the real essence or reason the church is. The Great Commission, write this. There are three things I said, and I, I want to make sure I give it to you. The Great Commission represents three things. It represents the purpose of the church. Write that down. The Great Commission represents what? The purpose of the church. Number two, the Great Commission represents the power of the church. Without the Great Commission, the church has no power. The reason the church exists is to make disciples of Christ. To see men born again and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's discipleship. The reason the church exists is not for paraqua purposes. And to form cliques and clubs. It, all those are meaningless if we don't function from a foundation of who we are. So that even when we are having the picnic, we are doing that to advance the message of the gospel. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even though we're having the meeting, we're discussing, we're doing that to advance the purpose of the gospel. Otherwise, we have lost our power. Without the gospel, the church is purposeless. The church is powerless. And number three, the Great Commission is the place of the church. The word place means relevance. All through the ages, people have attempted to redefine the church, who the church is. You go to social media today, people are trying to paint a picture of what they expect the church to be, what they think the church to be. So you see some people who carry some carton of Indomie and go and give to orphanage. They say, you see, this is what the church should be doing. Uh, you've seen all those funny, funny videos. And, and you see another people, they go somewhere and say, this is what the church should be. So they, they've tried to condition the church as just a philanthropic organization. I hope you know that there are philanthropic organizations who are doing the same thing that are not born again. How many of you know that? They're all over the world. There, there are like some of the so-called wealthy people in court, in the natural, are doing philanthropic things worth billions of dollars every year. There is nothing wrong in being philanthropic, but the church is not a philanthropic organization. We do philanthropic things, but we are not a philanthropic organization. That's why sometimes people come to church. I remember there was a time we were like four, five times this size. People were coming from everywhere, and after church on Sunday, that was before some of you came, they would just line up, Pastor, I've not eaten. Pastor, I've not eaten. I'm like, uh-uh. Now, me born now. From when we're in Shepherd and we came here, we'll be giving money for people to eat. And, and, and I just noticed a lot of people were coming to church because of their belly. At the moment after service, they want to get money to go and eat. Many were not coming because of Jesus. One came, he said, sir, I, I want to write my, is it poly jam? I don't have money. Please, can the church help me? I said, no, the church can help you. That we don't, we don't pay for poly jam. Now, what I will do is that I will help you from my own hand. What is the amount of the money he said? I said, I will pay part. Let your, one of your family. I said, don't you have any money? He said, I have a brother. I said, go and ask your brother to pay the other part. I will pay the part. As soon as we paid this police jam, he disappeared. And people are trying to define the church by social expression. Look at the church. Don't mind it. When they married, they don't even come. Nobody came. This church. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. So they're not looking for a church that cares. And, and it now becomes a, a, a... Listen, if you don't know who you are, anything can define you. You, are, you not create a standard by which you not start rating the church. Don't mind them, don't mind. When, when they do, when, you know they see that church, they be Baba. Where is that in the Bible? When they come and they go shake everywhere. Canality has become the reason, redefining who we are. And listen to me, when we go outside the Great Commission, we become purposeless, we become powerless, and we become placeless. There's nothing different from us and any other religious good works organization. And the gospel is not good works. The gospel is Christ's works. Listen to me. No philanthropic organization can give peace, but the gospel can give peace. You can feed a man's tummy, give him any convenience he needs, but if his Christ is not in his heart, he will still be miserable. Not that we don't, if, if we tell you what we do as a church, we don't need to announce it to you because the Bible says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
not just towards church members, sometimes when we have to give out things and all that. We do that regularly. Some of you are beneficiaries of it. But you don't hear us talk about it on the stage. But that is not the reason for the church. If you make the church a social issue, you have missed the purpose. The reason for the church is the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and do what? Make disciples. We're here to make, we are here to make race men for Christ. People who will follow Christ. Because the best thing that can happen to a human being on earth is to be a disciple of Christ. Because when you're a disciple of Christ, you walk in love. You, 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 offense is not in your, you walk in peace, you walk in power, you walk in grace. And you are able to represent Christ and bring his presence and power to bear over the issues of life. Let's get back to who we are. The local church, the essence of the local church is the great commission. Everybody say the great commission. Which is to go ye therefore and do what? Make disciples of all nations. That's our job. Now hear me. The local church provides the platform to train. Every time you come and the message is being taught, what is going on? You are being trained. That's why when you come to church, pay attention. Because if you don't understand the message, you will not manifest. Did you hear what I said? If you do not understand the message, you will not manifest. And one of the key to understanding is learning to pay attention. When you come into the house of God, have that godly reverence and honor to listen carefully to the word of God. Because your ability to go and carry out the great commission is a function of the revelation you have concerning his word. If you don't know his word, you cannot preach the gospel as you should. The local assembly provides to train you, to equip you, and then release you for obedience to the Lord concerning the great commission. Go to Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to verse 3. Acts 13, verses 1 to verse 3. The Great Commission. The Bible says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. What was the church? The local assembly. And local assembly in what city? Everybody say Antioch. Just like you have Rumodara. So we can say, And now there were in the church. Thank God they were there. Say amen. amen. They didn't run away. They were where? They were there. They were there, they were in the church that was at Antioch. They were in the church. Ask your neighbor, are you in the church? I'm not saying whether you are going there. Are you in the church? Are you there? Look at your neighbor and say, Are you there? <laughs> because to go there and to be there is two different things. They were in the church at Antioch, setting prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manim which had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrad, and so on. Go to the next verse. It says, as they ministered, glory be to God, to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul, for what work? For the work where I have called them. Let me ask you a question. What work? Everybody see the Great Commission. What was the work? The Great Commission. Barnabas and Saul had been part of the church. They've been brought up, taught, raised within the church. All right? Now, the Holy Ghost is saying to them, now, I want you guys, I have a, a mission for you. You're going to take the Great Commission, but you're going to do it separately. 
my purpose for two of you is that you separate. Separate me, Barnabas, and so for the work. What is the work? Go ye into the world and make. That's the. See, the church has one message. It doesn't matter what your vision of the church is. No matter how you to raise the people in all nations, to bring forth the uniqueness of the goal. All those visions are just pipeline to preach the message of making disciples for Christ in all the nations of the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why Paul said there is no foundation that can be laid other than Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I've called them. Go to the next verse, verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, what did they do? They sent them away. So the church, see, when you come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, and every Friday, you are to be equipped through the word you hear so you can go forth and manifest wherever you find yourself. If you are in this church and when you get to your workplace, they don't even know that you are born again. Something is wrong with your reception. If you get to your compound and people cannot see the light of Christ in your life, something is wrong with your reception. When you get to your workplace, you are looking as depressed as the other people that don't know Christ, something is wrong with your reception. If you go to school, eventually you are a student, and, and people look at you, the same thing that threatens them, the same thing that makes them afraid, the same thing that disturbs them, disturbs you, something is wrong with your reception of the message. Because you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. God has saved you and called you out to go forth and show forth his praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why you are here. You are here to be sent out to be a testimony out there in the world. When people look at your life and they see the imprint and the impact of the world manifesting in your life, they will want to find out what's going on with you. Not when they are oppressed. You are oppressed. When they are spiritually harassed, you are harassed. When they are talking how bad things are, you are saying the same thing. When they say Nigeria is hopeless, you say very bad. That means there's, there's something wrong with your message. There's something wrong with your, your reception. Hallelujah. Go to 2 Corinthians 5.19. This is what God has called every believer to be. And I want you to get this. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19. Hallelujah. What does the Bible say? Paul was telling us about the message of reconciliation that God has given to every child of God, every Christian, the ministry of what? Reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation is the same thing as the Great Commission because it's all about reconciling men back to God. Making disciples of men are men who have been reconciled through faith in the gospel back to Christ. When men are born again, they are reconciled. The word reconciliation means they were once enemies of God because of their nature, because of the transgression of Adam. But the day they heard the gospel and they believed Christ and received him, they became reconciled back to God. Somebody say amen. amen. They became born again. And now that they are born again, they are to be disciples as you have received Christ. So walk in him, rooted and grounded in him. So Paul was reminding us what we are called to do. He said to wit that God was in Christ when Jesus hung on the cross. What Jesus did was evidence that God in Christ 
was dying for the sins of the world, paying for the sins of the world. Man could never pay for his sin. But when Christ died on the cross, it was a demonstration of the love of God for humanity that I took your place. Listen, man will not be able to understand and appreciate the impact of sin on humanity. Trust me. It's not something education can teach you because sin is a spiritual problem. You see, the in human intelligence cannot connect the crisis of the world to sin. They don't, they don't believe it. They, they just think it's um, whatever. They have different notion about that. But the problem of humanity is sin. You hear what I said? The problem of humanity is what? And there is no technology that can solve the sin problem. No technology. You can't address sin problem with technology. There is only one that solved it. It was Christ. God had to reconcile man to himself by the death of Christ. So he said to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing, that is why it's good news. Not imputing their trespasses unto them. See, the fact that Jesus died simply means that what is holding the sinner today from being born again is not the sin. It's his refusal to receive the solution, which is Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? Talk to the average person. They believe the reason they are suffering and the reason everything is upside down is because of the sins. They will not add the sins of their father, their fourth father. And of, even, some, even after they are born again, they, they don't accept the fact that God does not impute the trespasses of sins on them anymore. Because Jesus was judged for our sin. Bible says, him who knew no sin was made sin for us, that we might be made See, the fact that you are the righteousness of God means your sins have been forgiven. Whatever case Satan had against you through sin, the day you got born again, it was annulled. Because the sacrifice of Christ made available the spotless, precious blood of Christ. And that blood represents the life of Christ. And the sacrifice of, of Christ was about the shedding of his blood. When the father saw the blood, every anger against sin disappeared. Because the blood sucked it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why the blood of Jesus is the most powerful cleanser. Because nothing can wipe sin. Even the blood of animals could not wipe sin. But when the blood was shed, heaven was satisfied. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All through the old covenant, all the bloods of animals couldn't stop it. But the day the blood of Christ was shed, heaven rejoiced. Somebody say glory be to God. Not imputing their trespass. That's what the gospel is good news. That hey, you don't have to die for your sin. Jesus died for you. He took your place for your sin. Somebody said, thank God for Jesus. He said, trespass unto them. And has committed unto us the word. The word committed means he has entrusted us. The word of reconciliation. Hey! Somebody said, thank God for Jesus. Rise up on your feet. Glory be to God.
Lift your hands and thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Lift your hands and give him praise. The Great Commission, what an honor to serve him through the Great Commission. To go forth and make disciples of all nations. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Lift up your two hands. Say with me, say, Precious Father. Oh. Close your eyes. Say, Precious Father. We thank you for the sacrifice of Christ. We well, thank you for your shed blood. We well, thank you for reconciling us to you. Precious Father, today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we acknowledge the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of making disciples from all nations for you today in our life in our affairs in our interactions and in our dealings holy spirit of god we ask that you open our understanding give us clarity give us focus grant us grace to function as we should in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let me pray for you, precious Father. Thank you for the word of life that you've given us. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.com. Org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.